I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So have you been watching The Last Dance? We're down at our final two episodes. You know, Michael Jordan has no peers when it came to his will to win. He'd invent things to motivate him. Could Tom Brady be the football version of MJ for the Bucks? And we'll give you the latest news about the future of college football, Major League Baseball, and the NBA. We'll discuss all this and more with Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 on Bay News 9 during this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, just to update sort of what went on, I guess, uh, on Monday is that the baseball players uh, were presented uh, the proposal uh, by Major League Baseball, uh, and uh, this could take, I guess, they're they're estimating a couple weeks to uh, the process of, of trying to get it ratified. Uh, obviously, there's dispute over money, and particularly if there are no fans in the stands, that sort of thing. Um, they started out the conversation, though, probably where they needed to, which is uh, seeing if the two sides can agree on what is safe. You know, is it safe for these guys to come back and play? I know there's probably a lot of players that are, uh, anxious about this, um, you know, uh, in the COVID world and how often they'll be tested and, um, you know, all those sort of things. So they got to start there. But eventually it's going to get to money, and that's that's when it's going to get interesting. And, and typical of baseball, they start out posturing loudly, of course, uh, and then both sides realize this this isn't playing well in public. Maybe we should, <laughs> we should tamp it down a bit when we have this many millions of people out of work and, um, you know, they're arguing over millions and millions of dollars. But um, eventually, I mean, I, 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 we all certainly hope to see sports back in baseball in particular. But um, it's, it's going to take a little time, I think, before um, before they have any kind of an agreement. Yeah, well, I, I think it is. And, and I, look, I don't know if they've tabled the money part because it's not playing well or if it's just, look, if we can't agree on everything else, then the money part doesn't matter. And that's the most complicated, ugly. That's and, true. And the worst yeah. part of this. So let's figure Let's figure out the, the pass of everything else first, sure, and then get sure. to the ugly stuff. Instead of, look, if we can't if we can't come to a safety agreement, et cetera, et cetera, then the money part doesn't matter, doesn't matter. And, and we don't need to mm-hmm. put that stain or black eye on everything. Um, you right. know, that's probably the smart way to negotiate. I mean, apparently, you know, on Tuesday it didn't even come up. Uh, it was purely you know player safety they're talking about. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's probably the smart thing to do at this point. In the negotiations, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you got to see if it's if it's something that um, if the players can't be safe, they're not going to play. So, obviously, you got to have some 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 ways to to uh, make that happen first. And, and then there was more news as well. Uh, and we'll talk more with Chris Trello about about the baseball situation. There was more news as far as uh, the NCAA. I think the hardest thing, Steve, might be college sports. And, and, and of course, we're talking about college football in particular this fall. Um, California came out and said they're probably not going to allow students back on campus until 2021. And already you have um, guys like Colin Cowherd saying that, you know, Alabama, which was supposed to play USC, is suddenly looking for a new opponent. Um, well, Mark Emmer, Mark Emmer, you know, the head of the NCAA, yeah. has basically said if there's no students on campus, there's not going to be sports. 
That's right. Um, on in that camp, and so that, but that doesn't mean there won't be NCAA sports anywhere. Correct. Um, I think what we're going to have is sort of a version of what baseball could look like, I suppose, or maybe the NFL. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna, not going to eliminate teams, obviously, but like what you'll see in the SEC, if Missouri can't play football. Well, they won't be part of the part of the schedule. Um, it'll be as simple as that. And and and, it, and you hate to think all the California schools. My goodness, that's you know much of the of the Pac-12, uh, including USC and UCLA and uh, others. But I I still Stanford. I still don't know um, exactly how they're going to get this done. But but I do believe that they'll they'll try to press on. And if it's a abbreviated conferences or interconference play. I don't exactly know what shape it'll take, but it sounds like Emmert is saying every state's going to be different and we're going to find a way to play. Yeah, college football is going to be the toughest because, you know, you've got the issues of is school's going to even return first. Uh, you know, right now the right. NCAA, you know, you can't have any sports or activities until June 1st now. On campus, right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, but a lot of colleges are planning to reopen in the fall. Right. California, don't know. Oregon may not either. Um, Arizona just said they're open for business. Yeah, Arizona will be. Go. Um, but, you know, Washington, Oregon, I mean, the Pac-12 may be, be in a world of hurt. Because they be. may have over yeah. half their schools aren't open, which means no That's sports, right. no football. That's right. At least in the fall. Now, you know, there's there's talk of could football be moved to the spring. Play in the spring, yeah. yeah. Instead. Um, but are the SEC and the Big Ten schools that are mostly probably their states going to be open? Mm. Are they willing to do that? And, and what does ESPN think about that with the with the rights to the, the college contract. football playoff in that? So mm-hmm. um, college gets complicated. And the you know the NFL's got a comp, you know it's complicated too. How many teams are in California, New York, and states mm-hmm. that may not be open? You know what right. you've got what. Three California teams in the NFL. You got three New York teams. Mm-hmm. Although I guess technically two of them play New Jersey, but yeah, um, you know, are those states going to be open? Are they, you know, are they going to have fans in the stands? And then how's that work? So, well, yeah, already, um, you know, these teams in in New York slash New Jersey, the Jets, the Giants, are looking at contingencies because the the NFL wants to open uh, the training facilities all at the same time. They don't want to have, you know. 20 sites open and 10 that are not. So they, they will at some point um, decide to open those for players and coaches. And when they do uh, the jets and the giants or those States that are still closed, will have to find training areas in another state. You know, this is, they're already looking at kind of like it and, used and to be where teams went away. Yeah. For, you know, you know, right. Bucks used to go to Orlando for training camp and a lot, that's know, correct. A lot of teams, you know, do it now. It's some still now, do some yeah. do for the most, but most of them now are a lot closer to home or, you know, or they have their own facilities and they just stay there. Yeah, correct. That's true. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll, you know, it, and, it, and it could just be even for the off season program before we get to training camp, some teams might have to do that. So um, much like, uh, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not going to eliminate teams in the NFL from contention. They're not going to just say, well, we'll play with 30 this year. Um, but those, you know, you wonder if you, if you get to the fall and there are certain states that still can't have games for what for whatever reason, with or without fans, um, just what some of those teams will have to do. They'll have to go somewhere and play. And we've seen this um, through other tragedies like Hurricane Katrina. Remember when mm-hmm. um, the New Orleans Saints um, played in, I think, San Antonio? Yep. Um, a couple games, one in Baton Rouge I remember going to. 
Um, so, you know, they were, they were homeless because of the destruction of the Louisiana Superdome at that time. So, I mean, these things can and do happen, and the NFL will just try to find a way to, to make it as, um, as competitive as they can, as fair as they can. But, um, you know, we're, we're still 15, 16 weeks away from, from what would normally be the start of the regular season. And I still think that more than likely there'll be some delays and some levers that the, that the uh, NFL will have to pull um, from their schedule, which they, they embedded um, to try to either shorten the season or, or extend it um, and, and postpone, postpone mm-hmm. it a little bit until they can all play. The NBA, um, I guess what we've seen so far is that the, uh, they're polling the players union to see how they feel about finishing up their season in, in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, they're asking the players, do you think we should finish the season or not? Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's supposed to be an anonymous poll they sent via text to all the players, apparently. So mm-hmm. um, they, they, you know, the players union is saying that the results will be private, but we'll see. You never know who will we gather that. But Right. That's fascinating. You know, the I, the I, NHL I hasn't made any announcements play. or anything yet, but um, mm-hmm. Darren Drager, who's one of the uh, TSN insiders from Canada, mm-hmm. um, we had him on with a lightning talk show earlier this week, and he mentioned that. Look, the NHL's already decided that next season's not going to start till probably December, maybe even late That's December. Right. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you're not going to open training camps till no, mid to late November, if not early December. So you're not in a rush to finish this season. Right. I mean, you know, I think they'd like to get, you know, baseball needs to get started to get half a season in because That's they've got right. weather issues at the back end of the year. Mm-hmm. Hockey's an indoor sport to where hockey is taking the approach of, look, we want to finish the season. That's our plan, but we don't have to rush to sit there and say it's going to be July one or July fifteen or, you know, we already sure. know next season's going to start a lot later, so we've got room. We don't need to rush into these decisions. So, I mean, hockey's still planning on going forward. You're not hearing as much news about them as reports as you have some of the other sports, but uh, they, you know, it sounds like they're moving in that direction. Just you know, they don't they're being more deliberate, let's say, and it's you know because they've already decided about next season starting later with the hopes that if you can push it back to late December or January, that pretty much all your arenas will have fans in the stands by that point, is your hope. I mean, now, granted, who knows what a vaccine and testing and everything else will look like, but the further you push back that start of next season, the more likelihood you have fans in the stands, which hockey relies on the gate maybe more than any other of the four major sports. Uh, before we get to Chris uh, here real quick, too, uh, a little Tom Brady news. It seems like about every day or so um, Tom is responding or uh, putting something on Instagram uh, in response to somebody that's written something. Uh, the latest was Gary Myers. Gary Myers, for years and years, was a columnist for the New York Daily News. He he was kind of a trailblazer in the sense that he was on, um, uh, what was it, the show uh, NFL I'm trying to think of what it was. It was the highlight show that was on HBO um, for years and years. And it started, you know, with Nick Budokani and Lynn Dawson and all those guys and um, eventually morphed. But he, he was on that show. So he's done a lot of things. He's not, I don't think he's currently, he's written books about Brady and Manning. Anyway, he had tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago that, you know, we know uh, all the listed reasons, right, that people have speculated why Brady wanted to leave New England and, that would apparently, you know, maybe start with with getting away from Bill Belichick or wanting a guaranteed contract for multiple years of fifty million or the war- anything from that to the warm weather. He added one more that Brady uh, was tired of Josh McDaniels, their offensive coordinator, that he felt like he didn't have enough input on the offense. 
Uh, we used to see a lot of sideline, you know, uh, sort of squabbles over the years, although I'm here to tell you that happens on every sideline, every every Sunday or Monday night or Thursday night, whenever the games are played uh, for one team or another. And and Brady, when he left New England, you know, called him his brother. He was very, you know, obviously very complimentary of Josh, who, you know, I still think will have a chance to be a head coach again one day. But when this came out about, you know, 12 hours later, I mean, Brady uh, retweeted what Pro Football Talk had written about this exchange. And he he was just adamant about how this was not true um, and, 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 you know, kind of demanding that they be or that Gary be, in this case, more accurate in his reporting, et cetera. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know Tom Brady at all other than the one phone call we had with him. Um, certainly read a lot about him, and and I and I don't know Josh McDaniels, uh, so it's hard to it's hard to know you know the inside of that. Uh, I you know Gary again is a good reporter. I'm sure he said he had multiple sources, but a lot of times people speculate, and you just don't know um, what what relationships are. But um, that one that one would have surprised me a little bit because those two have worked so well together at two different parts of of Tom's career because in between. Uh, McDaniel's went to Denver and was a head coach there. Remember the Tim Tebow drafted him. Um, they even won a playoff game against Pittsburgh, but it didn't go well overall. And he went back to New England. Um, but it's just interesting that that you know these little these little things kind of flare up until until Tom Brady starts actually playing for the Buccaneers and starts um, wearing the uniform and throwing footballs, you know, in practice to guys, and and you know then eventually that, that morphs into games. We can't move forward. I mean, it's like everything is still about him leaving New England as opposed to what he's going to do in Tampa or what he is doing in Tampa because outside of breaking and entering into the wrong house trying to find Byron Leftwich's place and getting kicked out of a park, there hasn't been a whole hell of a lot that he's done down here uh, and moved into Jeter's house. So until you can change that narrative and and, and he can get out there and, and become a Buccaneer, uh, you're just going to continue to have these stories of speculating about why he left in the first place. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. The lovely, the talented Chris Trello joins us again today. And Chris, uh, I wanted to start with uh, with Major League Baseball. And as as we uh, are doing this podcast, uh, the owners have approved to present this plan to the Players Union um, and, and we've read different things about it, obviously. Uh, I, the, I guess the good news is, for starters, they're, they're not going to have this Arizona sort of uh, you know, grapefruit league um, mesh, mishmash or something or some biosphere mm. that they're going to put these teams in. They're going to play uh, you know, where their stadiums are, which I, I think if, if they can pull that off, more power to them, obviously. Um, but there are going to be some changes with the divisions. Um, you know, you'll play in the AL East if you're the Rays, and then you'll play the NL East. Uh, to yeah. kind of limit travel and do some things like that, which will make for some so a real interesting sprint, if you will, if you're talking about 82 or 78 games, somewhere in there. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's been some stories, and we'll see how the union reacts to all this today. It's just 
the players agreed that if they're going to play half the games, then then half the salaries, right? And that goes across the spectrum. There's some guys, if you're making $25 million a year, see if you can get by on 80 games with, with 13 and a half. Okay, that's that's one thing. Um, but if there's no fans in, in, the, in the stadiums, then that's a loss of revenue. Now, there's not a rev share, per se, in Major League Baseball the way there is, say, in the NFL. But wouldn't it be something if the billionaire owners cannot strike an accord with the millionaire players? Are we really headed for uh, a season that could be canceled, not because of a pandemic, but because these guys can't decide how much money to split? Yeah, you know, I was reading a um, an article this morning um, where it was, you know, the MLB owners are setting it up to make the the players look like the greedy ones. Yeah. And uh, you know, they you know the article kind of went back to the '94 strike, and you know, kind of right. you know when they've gotten close other times. And I just, for the life of me, and I say this with football, I'm a, I'm more often than not, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna be a, you know someone who's a fan. I'm probably gonna yep. side with the players. Because they're the Me ones too. putting their bodies out there. They're the ones putting their health out there. And mm-hmm. they're the ones who are ultimately probably going to have to be tested. I mean, imagine yep. if you have to do a blood test every other day or something, you know, I mean, you're getting pricked in the finger or, you know, however. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's going to be so much invasion into your health and your privacy, um, you know, a positive test and you're looked at differently. So, um, you know, I think if you're a player, you want to be compensated. Now, granted, if you go to Garrett Cole of the Yankees and say, hey, man, you're probably not going to make all of your $36 million this year. Are you OK with that? I'm sure he can sit there and say, yeah, I'm OK with that. But sure, there are some sure. raised players who are not making $36 million. I don't know if the payroll is. Uh, well, now it is thirty-six million, but you know it's right. it's you know what I'm saying. Like it there's, may be half there's a, a million, it may be three hundred thousand. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and those are the guys you have to worry about. You know, is there a way where, like, I remember when Ron and this is NFL Roger Goodell. You know, he took his forty million and said, "I'm not going to make it right now. I don't need to make it." And then there was a report that the NFL, if you made less than a hundred thousand dollars in the league offices you are not going to be in jeopardy of being pay cut or losing, you know, or being furloughed. Um, Is there a way they could say to the guys who don't make a certain amount of money, you don't have to worry, you're taken care of, you know, but maybe to the guys who make 20, 30 million, hey, you're you're not going to see that this year. And then maybe the owners can kind of back off the revenue sharing this year. You know, maybe maybe that comes down to, well, clearly the Rays aren't going to get money off the Yankees this year or something like that. Sure. There's just going to have to be some compromise. And at the end of the day, do you want to be part of the solution or do you want to add to a problem? And baseball has always prided itself on, you know, after 9-11, they were here. After World War II, they were there. You know, like they've been a part of so many good moments. Do you want to be a part of this or do you want to stall and not play because you just couldn't because of dollar figures? And at the end of the day, I think, you want to have the the positive press. Maybe you let it drag out for a couple of weeks. Maybe it goes to Memorial Day weekend, but ultimately June one, you say, "Hey, we've agreed," and, and you know June tenth, everybody's going back to to spring training, and July one, we're good to go. You know, so you know time's on their side, but you just hope the optics don't get to an ugly point. I think it was James Earl Jones, baseball Ray. Time has marched on, has marched on for as long as there's been. Him. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right, and and the cooler heads will prevail. This is a, a, a tough time economically for everybody. Um, certainly, sports plays a big role, and in, in, in it's a big industry. It's a big business, entertainment business. We're starting to see some things come back. 
UFC the other night. By the way, <laughs> did you watch any of that? Oh, holy. Hey, my eye hurts, and nobody punched me. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you. Right? Whoa. Yeah. How did that feel the next morning? No, that, and then you had a one instance where a guy punched a guy in the mouth, and then the guy elbowed him, and the guy who got elbowed went down. And I'm like, that's pretty much 2020 right now, is um, we've all gotten <laughs> elbowed, you know, and we just that's, all went to the ground, and we don't know how. So, right. um, but yeah, no, it's, I'll tell you what I was, I was anchoring over the weekend and I watched one of the NASCAR iRacing series. Bravo to them. Bravo to Fox sports, because that was cool, man. You know, I mean, they had Jeff Gordon talking at Dale or again, all these people talking while they're racing a video game, but the graphics look so real. You thought you were watching a real uh, a real NASCAR event. Isn't that crazy? And, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and you know what's funny is like, I love that. Now, granted, I didn't like watching NBA players, you know, playing against each other. Or like, I couldn't get into Blake Snell, you know, playing a baseball game. But I could get into NASCAR, you know, digitally for some reason. And I thought it was really, because it was only an hour and a half, and you had some really cool insight to guys like, you know, Jeff Gordon and Michael Waltrip and all these guys, I just thought it was really cool. So, you know, and it's, they're coming back this weekend. So, I mean, it's great for NASCAR, but um, you know, that was, that was one of probably the coolest sporting things I've seen over the last two months. And I could probably go for it again. Um, if they said, Hey, we got to do this for another week. I'd say, I'm okay with that. It was really cool. Were they, were they yelling? Was some, was, were they yelling? Boogity, boogity, boogity. Was it, was it the whole, like <laughs> the whole thing? Listen, um, I, I don't know if you've ever got, you know, strapped yourself in one of these things uh, uh, from a standpoint of, uh, of of NASCAR, but uh, these simulators, from what I understand, these these yeah. these video games are as about as as accurate as a simulator you could hope for. Uh, in in and, and guys have actually progressed their way, you know, and and have used this, I guess, as a as a tool. Maybe some of the younger drivers. I don't know. I mean, this is this seems like something that is is so close to reality that you do get a real feel for how well people can drive this thing can drive that couch <laughs> i mean I yeah know. yeah no but it's like think about it because and you see some of these simulators i think um i can't remember who it was it was like a forty thousand dollar simulator they actually put you in a chair and it yeah. feels like you're in the seat of a car and you've yeah. got everything around you and yeah. like his daughter ruined it. I can't remember who it was. Like the, the daughter brought him a Coke <laughs> Zero and it spilled and it ruined the whole thing. And um, oh, no. which is hysterical. No, it itself. didn't. Yes, it did. Oh, no. Go look it up. But um, I can't. I wish I remember who it was. It was so funny. Um, but but like because and think about it. Like if you if you ever play a, a racing game, you know, if you could get yourself a wheel and put yourself close enough to a screen, they do it yeah. from the driver's view. And so if that's, that's right. as real as it is for them, and I remember right. Jeff Gordon said that it was like the 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 wheel is shaking because you are going 180, and you you know you start to sweat because your adrenaline mm. is going like you're because you're in kind of an enclosed place for the simulator. Yeah. And I'm like, man, yeah. that's got to be so cool to feel that real. Except you, like if you crash, you're not hurt. Mm. You know, or yeah. like it's funny too because like you know like we were watching, it's like oh Denny Hamlin coming off of a uh, pit road and he went through three cars. And it was he just like like the car just went through three of them. And it's like okay, just like, kept going. Yeah, but it was so cool. And they raced at a place they hadn't raced since 1996. And I'm like, 
God dang if this isn't fun, you know? So I, yeah. I had a real ball watching that. For some other reason, nothing else worked. But that, for me, was really cool to watch on a Saturday afternoon. And and, uh, and smaller pit crews, you obviously, you know, yeah. don't, don't need to change the tires. One set of tires mm-hmm. is all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty real much. You can get through on that. a full tank of gas. So it was, yeah. uh, it was pretty cool to watch. There's only two quotes that I that I capture after every uh, race. It's uh, car run good, hate it for the crew. You know, it's like <laughs> it's just car run really good, hate it for the crew. We'll get them next yeah, week. That, yeah, that Ford Chevy, the Ford Chevy car run real good. You know, and everybody come through with the Coca Cola. You know, everything. I'll tell you right now. I mean, we had to do it again. We do it again. And I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. Thank you. Okay. How, how many? <laughs> yeah, right. How many sponsors can you name? You know, in one one interview, right? Well, the, the yeah. Coke Zero Chevy uh, from uh, with those good Goodyear tires. Just you know, they just keep going. Uh, all right. So from uh, from uh, so so now we've talked baseball. We've talked a little NASCAR as well. Let me yeah. get your thoughts about this because this is uh, we're down to the last two episodes. I'm almost sorry to see this end, even though I felt like I lived it in real time. But the the whole last dance with Michael Jordan, um, you know, a whole generation of people have sort of been introduced to um, because they don't remember Michael Jordan playing. Obviously, you've heard a lot of comparisons to him and LeBron. LeBron's this generation's Michael, for like of better things, or or Kobe Bryant, um, mm-hmm. somewhere in between. But you know. It, it it was interesting. I thought the last couple episodes were the best ones I've seen so far. Yes. And what I mean by that is, you know, Jordan's always been a guy that has been carefully packaged and never really answered a lot of questions, right? You never really got from him. He was this international star and, and, and uh, you know, he shared what he wanted to, but, you know, we, we, you know, everybody speculated about why he went to baseball and, you know, after after his father died, and and there was the gambling thing about that time was was being was surfacing, and he never really answered or addressed some of those feelings. Boy, I thought the last couple episodes, man, I was I was sort of glued to it in the sense that you really saw from him. No, here's here's what I was thinking. Here's why I did it. You saw the emotion, you know, uh, from him as well. You know, after after he won the championship on Father's Day, no less. And yeah. then him saying to the to the whole producers, you know, hey, hey, stop, you know, uh, when, when he was talking about how hard he was on teammates, it's been it's been fascinating to me. When you watch this, do you come away thinking that Michael Jordan was a jerk to play for, and just like this this guy that there's no excuse to be that mean to people, or are you left with a different impression that he just loved it so much that that he had to he had to bring guys with him? because it meant so much for him to win. I I fall down on the side that we have, you know, I thought, you know, the late Kobe Bryant was one of the best competitors of our era, you know, these last years, but nobody's going to beat Mike because this was a guy who, if you said one little thing, like 45 ain't 23. Oh, you're done. Good night. Yep. Like, you know, the, you go back a few episodes to the dream team where Magic Johnson and them had a nine point lead and they were chirping yeah. at Mike and he and he yeah. rattled off the next like 12 points to win. And, right. you know, and Michael Jordan said it. he goes, you know, Michael Jordan, my favorite clip so far was one of the last two episodes. He's sitting there in his practice jersey. He's smoking a cigar and he's got the baseball bat in his hands. And he's like, it's easy to chirp <laughs> when you're up. It's easy to chirp. He goes, when it's zero, zero, who's chirping? He goes, when you're down, who's chirping? 
That's what I, I love that about him. And I love the other clip where he's like, you know, if you thought I was a tyrant, well, that's because you've never won anything. Like Uh. there's a reason why the best players and the best coaches are seen in a negative light by some, you know, like Bill Parcells by some is seen as a jerk. Well, he he won, you know, no matter where he Mm -hmm. went, he won. He got your team to the playoffs and beyond. You know, there's a reason why guys rub you the wrong way. It's because they really want to be great and they're going to do whatever it takes. Another thing with Jordan was people still get on him because he's not political or, wow, look at LeBron. LeBron will comment about this or that issue or this or that. Well, that's LeBron. Like, if that's what he wants to do, God bless him. But if Jordan thought him doing that was going to hurt who he was as a player and he had so much tunnel vision, I mean... Maybe that should have, you know, because in that in the episode where he lost his dad, they talked about how his dad said to him after he got suspended three times in high school, he said, or during his freshman year, he said, I see you going down this path. Well, if you keep going down it, you can forget sports. And he mm. said, that was all I needed. I mm. mean, that's incredible that that's what you need. You just needed that little conversation with your, with your dad to say, mm. hey, if you keep doing this, you're not going to have what you love. Okay, fine. I, I won't do it anymore. You know, so you know, for all the people, you know, I can understand people say, oh, man, MJ was really like this or like that. Well, think about it. From the time he was probably 15, 16 years old, he decided, OK, I'm not going to ruin my life with drugs. I'm not going to ruin my life with alcohol. I'm not going to ruin my right. life with this. I'm going to go become the best player I can be. And it turned into six time champion, gold medals, a brand that will live beyond any of us. So. Right. Right. To me, there's no one ever like Mike ever again. LeBron James is nowhere close to Mike. LeBron James is nowhere close to Kobe Bryant. In my opinion, LeBron James is barely a starting five on the greatest players of all time. But really, uh, wow. you know, oh yeah, absolutely. I'll put Kobe. If, if, honestly, Rick, if I told you you could have Michael Jordan or LeBron James to take the last shot, who takes it? Oh, I'm giving it to Mike Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan in my lifetime was the greatest competitor, you know, and, exactly. and champion. I mean, he won six. Nobody has done that. Um, but his competitiveness, uh, well, I think, was over the top. And I think that's what drove the guys around him or he drove them. And, and you said something which is true. And, and Chris, you've been around a, a lot of sports your whole life. but And I found this to be true. Like, the, the greater the player – they they will and Jordan did this. Jordan would make up things to to cause some sort of of em, em, you know ember to be lit in him, some kind of fire that he needed, right? And mm. it's it is weird that somebody who um, you know you shouldn't shouldn't need to to light a match, but they they are so driven that they take insults or they'll create them. Like the whole the whole thing with George Carl, like they're playing. Uh, Utah in this series, and he sees him in the restaurant, and Carl didn't speak to him. Well, Carl, afterwards, he was on with Scott Van Pelt, and he said, yeah, I didn't speak to him because all I heard uh, from the guys on the Dream Team was, you know, it was their first trip to finals against Mike, and it was like, hey, he plays head games. You know, we remember the golf thing with Danny Ainge. Like, he, like, don't, you know, it's cool to talk to him before the series, but once you get into this series, the finals, don't let Jordan get in your head because he's just trying to mess with you. So then by ignoring him, it motivated Michael Jordan because because mm. all George Carl could remember, he's a North Carolina guy. Oh, no, 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 I can't. We're in the finals. I can't, I can't let Mike get in my head. Yeah. Well, think about it. And, and I thought to myself when I'm watching that, I'm like, 
Well, let's say George Carl goes over and says, man, Mike, you know, this is the best steakhouse I've ever been to. I love Chicago. Like, just say he tries to talk him up. Yeah, right? yeah. Small well, talk. Then, right. Mike, then Michael Jordan thinks, well, wait a minute. We're from Carolina. Are you saying Dean Smith doesn't know where a decent steak is? <laughs> like, it all goes in his head. It's the, it like, creates like, something. He, I, yeah. There's a story out there that somebody said something like he, he, he literally looked at a guy and made himself believe that that guy said something about his mother and it was over. <laughs> and it was like, I didn't say anything about your mother, like, but he just, right. that's the way he is. Like I loved, there was also a shot of him. I think it was during the Hornet series where he's the sitting BJ there Armstrong. Yeah. And he's got the paper. He's got the, he's got the paper on the sideline and he's like, he's reading the newspaper. Like, I yeah. don't think, a lot of people read the newspaper, like like athletes truly like will look at, the, like, but there are people that read your articles these days, Rick, on the Bucks, and they'll say, "Man, you know what? What the hell is he saying?" Or you know, they'll really try who? to get motivation, but not like Michael <laughs> Jordan. Michael Jordan yeah. would read every word of every column, every like you know, reading John Romano, you know. So there's not every player does that. Players say they shut the noise. Michael Jordan's like, no, no, give me the noise. Because yeah. I want to know exactly what you're saying. And I love that about Michael Jordan. And see, I think that the uber successful, and I don't know Brady well enough to know this because I just I don't know Tom and I haven't covered him. Um, I've talked to I know, colleagues of mine that have. I would think that that's another guy, just in my mind, that that's another guy who wants to know everything people are saying about him because he is Mr. 199, walks around with that chip on his shoulder. How do you last 20 years at the highest level with all those players coming through the Patriots and still at the age of 43, soon to be, um, say to yourself, they still don't think I'm the guy. They still doubt me. I'm going to go out and I'm going to prove it, and I'm going to do it, in this case, someplace like Tampa Bay that has never won before. Then what will they say? Like They continue to motivate themselves in ways that are real or imagined. It's incredible. It, it goes to the fact that I think, you know, why did he start his own method? Why did he get his own trainer? Why does he, yes. why is yes. he so pop? Why is he so committed to this, to the, to the TB 12 steps? Well, because yes. he doesn't think anyone believes in him. I have right. to do it myself. This is my brand. I'm Tom freaking Brady. And mm-hmm. my way is the way that's going to win another Super Bowl somewhere else. So right. and there's a lot of ego into that, right? I mean, Michael Jordan oh, has yeah. probably like, I loved when he said, that he punched Steve Kerr and then he goes into the shower and says, I just took out the smallest guy on our team. You know, like that was like a real moment for him. Like, you know, I'm just like Tom Brady. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's had some moment with a guy on a team and it's probably like on, you know, cause he's intense. Tom Brady wants to win. Oh, these, yeah. these guys that want to win more than anything will do whatever it takes within the rules, within the psyche. And yeah, you're just not going to find that everywhere. And I thought, you know, I think you're right. I think, I think Tom Brady is that guy because he's willing to look at a Chad Ochocinco, who's a great wide receiver and say, you didn't pick it up. Screw you. Like, right. um, or right. you know, he's not afraid to look at someone who's got a resume and say, your resume is nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that takes, that takes some, some real cojones, so, but you yeah. got to have it to back it up. And I think you're right. I think Jordan and Brady will never see two guys like that. And for that reason, uh, you know, Jordan went on, of course, and then we're going to, you know, see these last two episodes, but we, we know the rest of the story. It didn't end with his shot 
um, you know, the, the, at Utah that could have been his walk off. He went and played uh, for the Washington Wizards uh, for a little bit, and and I don't think this is going to be Brady's Washington Wizards. And the reason is, uh, I think it'll be closer to his last dance. And, and all the things you just said, what he does and what the Bucks are counting on, quite frankly, is to take a guy like a Mike Evans, right, or Chris Godwin or OJ mm-hmm. Howard in particular, and say, "Hey, you got you think you've done anything in this league?" You yeah. haven't done. You think you work hard? You don't. You don't know what 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 the details are about. You don't know how precise you have to be. You don't. You don't die for this sport the way. If you want to be a champion, and I've been to the mountaintop nine times and I've won six of them, you have to do this, 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 and this. And I think I know for a fact that Bruce Arians and Jason Light and all those people at the Bucks are expecting him to win, lose, or draw, raise the level of intensity, of, of focus, of concentration, uh, all those things that you need in a team game, right, that Jordan was able to accomplish, and do that in a place like Tampa Bay where they've never, uh, outside of a decade of, of some pretty good in one year of excellence, um, really never had that. And I think Brady, I, you know, you want him on that wall. You need him on that wall. Like, yeah. this is what they're counting on him doing, and I think the players will respond to it. I really do. You need a little tough love, and I think he's the guy yeah. that can do that. A little different than, say, Bruce Arians or, you know, like, you know, like sure. Frank Caliendo, sure. you know, win or lose, we booze, baby. You know, I think, uh, I think there's going to be some. <laughs> I love that, you know, by the way. I'm, that, win or lose, I we booze, baby. That's two-second clip. <laughs> On my phone, and I will play that every Sunday, Monday, Thursday when they play. I will have that. Um, but, but no, like I mean, I could already like you were well, you were sitting saying all that about you know all the guys that he's gonna go up to and say like you haven't even tried yet. You know, yeah. like I could yeah. see him saying to Chris Godwin in a private moment, "That's why you're not wearing 12. You know, like I could mm. see some moment like mm. that where he goes like, "You don't know what the 12 mentality is." Like mm-hmm. I'm the 12 mentality. Like the Mamba, like the Mamba like, mentality, yeah. Exactly. And I think yeah. that's where you're going to test some guys. But other right. guys are going to embrace it. Like I think O.J. Howard's going to love it because he played oh, for I do too. Saban. You know, like yeah, I, I do think too. O.J. Howard's going to go, I know exactly what type of guy you are because I had yep. to play for him. I got recruited to Alabama to be that guy. So yep. I, I think he's going to flourish it, you know, hopefully. And then – Hopefully, and he's you got know, Gronk, you know, Gronk right there. next to him. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting if we can ever get on the field and uh, if Tom Brady um, can actually be in the same room and we're not just doing this all by Zoom. Let's hope that uh, things continue to get better. And they're always good at Spectrum Sports 360 and Bay News 9. What you got coming up this week, Christopher? Anything uh, we should be looking out for? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously with um, – you know, there's not going to be any spring sports uh, for, for high school kids. And I know we've got more important things than, you know, high school sports. But uh, for us, we love it. We love the community. And um, I actually had a chance to speak with some people from Hernando Baseball up in Brooksville. Oh, that's great. And, um, that's great. They, uh, a couple of moms organized a very creative way to say goodbye to the seniors. And oh, that's um, great. I think people are going to like that story. It's going to be on a little bit later this week, Thursday night. So, um, uh, you know, that's, you know, just speaks a lot about the character. There's, you know, yeah, we live, we're in a big community here in the Bay area, but when you go inside those small communities, like a Brooksville, oh, yeah. Fernando, oh, it's, it's huge. Just, 
it's so it's amazing. It brings a tear to your eye. It really like the mom started crying. I started, it gets emotional because of just how, you know, when she says like the thought of never seeing my son play another game, you know, it, it hurts, you know? So Chris, I, I've said the, this yeah. and I, I, it's such a, I'm so glad you did this story and people need to watch it because, um, you know, God bless the class of 2020. I, I, yeah. Listen, I've said this before. I, I was a guy that honestly, had I had not had my senior year, I probably because that was the year that I took off in baseball, I probably don't get a scholarship anywhere. And I may not go to college. My parents were not they did not have the money to send me. So my whole life was changed by my senior year and, and I hated when there was a rain out, much less I can't imagine for all those kids in sports, spring sports, um, you know, it it just it kills me that they had to miss so much um, through no fault of their own, of course, and, and, and their ability to withstand this. And, um, but, but there's going to be so much loss here, you know, that we'll never really know the full impact of it. But I think it's great that they're at least acknowledging those kids. And I look forward to that piece because it's tough on the families. You know, it's tough to watch your kid be in pain. Your kid is in pain, right? I mean, this is hard you know, them being away from their friends, self dis, you know, social distance and, and, and not going to well, school with their teachers yeah. and just, and just all of that. That's, that's a real tough thing. Yeah, no, Rick. Sorry. I didn't mean to talk. What I was going to say is just people can go to our website, baynews9.com and search high school sports. Catherine Smith has already talked to Lakewood ranch softball. They're the best, they were the best team in the country. You know, mm. um, she's, she's done some really good stories already. She kind of spearheaded this, senior night yeah. initiative that we're doing and um, so if people really want to you know take a few minutes these aren't long features but take right. a few minutes and just understand so people should yeah. do that well it's great work i'm glad you guys are doing it tune in to uh, chris torello and of course Catherine smith and all of them uh at spectrum sports 360 on bay news nine thanks chris we appreciate it all right guys hopefully we'll have sports back soon All right, my thanks to Chris. Always great to talk to him. Hey, folks, we're going to have a mailbag tomorrow. That's always a very popular segment. I'm already getting questions, as a matter of fact. And that's right. You don't have to wait for one of these. If you have a question, you can submit them to us anytime. But get them in for uh, the mailbag if you'd like, and we'll read them on uh, the uh, podcast. To do that, you can uh, send them to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. For Steve Ersnick, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.